Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, uh, you know, I was trying to think of something interesting to say, but I just don't really have anything. Wow, that is a, a disappointing intro for, for all the listeners out there. Uh, that'll be all right. We got Philly to talk about today. It'll be fine. Yeah, so we are we are at the tail end of our our team previews here for next season's uh, fantasy basketball season, and if you've made it this far, you know congratulations. If this is uh, the first episode you're listening to, you you listened to them in the wrong order, but I guess there's no actual order to listen to these because they should, for the most part, uh, hold up into the going into the preseason where we start learning a little bit more about those rotations and we can uh, kind of add on to these team previews uh, as we learn more about what players are actually going to get, what kind of minutes. And um, I, I think the first one of the first teams we're definitely going to be talking about when the preseason starts is the first team we're going to be talking about tonight, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. We, uh, there's, there's a lot of minutes to go around, a lot of new faces, a lot of new people, a lot of people who were not healthy, who became healthy. Um, some reports out there that uh, Joel Embiid – uh, does not seem to be as healthy uh, as we thought he was. Well, well, um, well, 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 yes, you thought he was. We had this discussion months ago, and I told you, run, don't, don't hide here. Run, don't walk away from Joel Embiid. I said, not for me, my friend. He is not for me at all. Cool. Yeah, um, and and I'm starting to, I guess, feel that way because it did, it did just come out that he is not cleared. Uh, four five on five drills. He might not start the season, and I think you. I, I had baked in Joel Embiid's uh, ability to not definitely not play a full season into where I've ranked him, and I, so I definitely wasn't taking him in the first round. I don't even think I was taking him in the second round, but I would, I would probably take him early in the third round, and I, I'm not so sure about that ranking anymore. Thirty one games in three years. 31 games in three years. That's not very good. That's also not very good for one year, which was just last year. And it's always something with the knees. It's it's not like it's a hand and then a head and then a knee and then a foot. And then it's always something with the knees. Now we hear that, oh, he had this minor procedure, right? You heard that last year, and we sat him out at the end of the year, but he was healthy enough to play, but yet now he still can't do five-on-five. So either the injury was a lot worse than we thought, or he hurt himself again. Neither one of those options sound good to me. Yeah, if if he hasn't recovered, that's that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. And if this is new, I don't know if that's a worse sign, but it's it's an equally as bad sign. And so we, we, when you project out his uh, per 36 stats, you know, he, he ends up being one of the best, if not the best fancy player um, that you can draft. But we all, we all know, you know, he's not going to play 36 minutes and he's not even going to play. He might not play 36 games. Um, Mark and I had a discussion about this uh, the one day and I, I said to him, I can't even project 50 games for him. Oof, wow. And I like... Just- that really, that really kills. I mean, how do you say that he plays fifty? That, that kills his value, right? F- fifty games. It's it's just not it's just not worth it. It's where he's getting drafted on Yahoo. Ooh. You can all have him, you guys. I hope he's awesome. I hope he plays seventy games, but you can have him at that pick. Now at pick, man, I mean, he could average three blocks a game with a steal, uh, hitting three pointers, twenty points a game. Like that, that, that easily could happen in in under 30, 30 minutes a game, around thirty minutes. Yep, a game. And, and for his forty games, you you'll enjoy that. I, I, so I think this is where this, this is easily the most interesting thing going on on the Philadelphia seventy sixers is definitely Joel Embiid's value, and I'm not sure. I, I still think he has to be drafted eventually. So the question becomes, what is event, what round is eventually? In the Tyler Watts only draft, hey, you can't where do are this. you? This is my thing. This this is, is I'm, my... I'm taking all your segments. Uh, um, I took the deep player last, uh, la- last episode for Sacramento, and I'm taking this. In the Tyler Watts only draft, where are you drafting him? Because I know you at some point you have to. Um, so I'm probably... I'm definitely – I don't even want him in my third round, which is, is bad, right? I, I, I'm in the fourth. 
I'm probably behind some guys here like Gordon Hayward. I definitely take over him. Chris Epsworth Zingas. I mean, let me so let, let me play. Let me play. Who would you rather? So I think this is the, like we said. This most interesting problem is that now you have this injury. Obviously, he's not going to play the whole season. He's not going to start the season. You don't know what this injury is. You don't know how long, uh, how it lingers. And now you're looking at a three year history uh, that's turning into a four year history, right? So taking him in the second round, I'm out now, hundred percent out. Taking him in the third round. I think I'm I'm out now. I was I was probably going to say if you ever dropped in the third round, you have to take him, right? Or even at the bottom of the second round, I think you got to consider it. But let's 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 move into some some fourth round type talent, right? Would you rather have like Blake Griffin? Now, see, in a shallow league, I'm picking Embiid because they're both injury risks, right? And I I feel a lot better about the Embiid games and the Blake Griffin games. They're both real good per game producers, but I feel better about Embiid's. So I'm going to take Embiid. You feel better about Joel Embiid's game totals than Blake Griffin? No, per game. Oh, per game I, totals. I so feel like... actually, so his overall total for the, the his volume for the season actually might be in, somewhat similar to the Blake Griffin's in certain categories, especially yeah. blocks. That's what I mean. I feel like I'm going to take Embiid in a shallow in, – in a deep league, I'm going to have a real hard time drafting Embiid anywhere. So let's because, say it's a 12-team it's a league. You know, it's just a standard 12-team league, and you have um, the 40th pick, and Joel Embiid is sitting on the board. And you, you also see someone like Oladipo, Robert Covington, Paul Millsap. Maybe even your boy Chris Middleton. Do you take Embiid? I mean, I'm probably taking Embiid at that point, right? But I, I think it's worth a shot because let's say he plays 48 games. But I think your hypothetical doesn't matter in the sense that I think someone snatches Embiid in the first, second round. I, I think I think it only matters to like the ten people who play in leagues where there is no one person who's going to take a shot at Joel Embiid. And you're 100% right. There's no chance he gets out of the second round in probably almost any league other than the sharpest leagues. And even then, I think the Sharps will take him in the third round. Yeah, so I just I'm, – I'm too scared. Yeah. I mean, in totals in 31 games, you're looking at the 187th player. I think in a Roto League – I like I like your example of like a shallow league, but in a roto league where quality starts are the most important segment because you got your games limit, um, hopefully set at eighty two, so you're playing correctly, um, or play however you want. Oh, everybody do whatever they want. That's the everybody says that now. But um, if I can get forty five insane starts out of Joel Embiid. Is that forty-five, like top ten-esque starts, better than seventy some starts from Goran Dragic? Or let's let's actually let's 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 get a player who's a little bit more um, aligned with with Joel Embiid, um, Brook Lopez. I mean, probably, right? It's probably incredibly similar, right? You got to think that it is. And here's the weird part about it is in a Roto League, I'm more apt to take him. But in a nine-cat Roto, I'm maybe a little – I'm at the same level, maybe a little less apt to take him because those turnovers are crazy, man. Yeah, if you even, even in a Roto League, let's if, – if you're in a Roto League and – you're trying to win on turnovers, like you're trying to be the best turnover player. You're not going to win. You're not going to win the league. Uh, that's a little, little, little early pro tip on my my roto season preview uh, that we are going to be doing. I believe next week uh, we're going to be talking about head to head and roto strategies. And uh, I, I like the idea that people pay attention to turnovers. You know, when when you have someone like James Harden averaging five turnovers a game, that really does that should matter. That really, really does matter. But 
if you're if you're trying to pick guys who turn the ball over less than two times a game, yeah, there's about one guy you can pick in each of the in the first two to three rounds. And, and you're my, crap in every other category if you do that. I mean, yeah, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be great if you're if you're if your best category is going to be turnovers, you're you not going to be points great. And you can't get assists if you don't have turnovers. Like, you got to be aware of it. But what's more important is being aware of every other category and letting the turnovers fall where they may. But or or be conscious that you're like I'm. I got Westbrook. Focus either focus on Miles Turner. But the later you go in the draft, and you're still getting these real high turnover guys the more it's sinking you to be last in turnovers. And it's yeah. hard to be last in any category in a row to win, right? I mean. Absolutely. It's, um, I've seen it happen. It can be done. Um, and they, and I actually think it's easier to punt a category the, the less amount, um, the, the fewer teams, not the, I guess the, the proper English would be, the fewer well, teams there are in a league, well, that would just the make easier sense, right? it is to punt. Because if you get one out of and, and the next best person only gets 10, you're only nine behind. Exactly. If it's a 16-team league, you're 15 behind. Now you got to get 15 in, a, in, a, in another category. It's the same concept. If you're going to get – if you're guaranteed to get one in a turnover uh, – the, the, the last place in a turnover category or free throws, let's say you're going to punt free throws, um, which I, I wouldn't recommend either, then you have to – you have to get first – in at least one other category, if not first and third in, in two other categories. Like, that better be setting you up to dominate two categories in order to make up for what you've lost uh, in, in punting one category in Roto. I'm with you there. Um, it is a similar thought process to head-to-head, but I, I, I certainly don't like to play Roto that way. But... um. Back to Joel Embiid, I'm not afraid of him because of his turnovers. Um, because you're talking about 45 to 50 games at best. So, you know, three some turnovers a game, four four turnovers a game, 45 games, it's not great, right? It's not it's not great, but the, that quality start of someone who can approach three blocks a game, uh, a steal and a half, uh, 24 three, threes, uh, right? That's, that's... Over, over three a game. I mean, you gotta love the stat line. I just wish it happened a little more frequently. He's like cousins. He's like a. He's like cousins on crack, man. He, he's he's amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, that was one of my favorite games last year. Was him and cousins going against each other. I, I enjoyed that. That was a good game. I hope. I hope we get that game again this year. Um, Philly. Philly is probably gonna be the, one of the most interesting teams to watch. So I think we got we got a lot to break down on this team. Let's let's look at who who do you have as the second overall player on the Philadelphia 76ers and I'm going to let you know there is a right answer to this question. It's the always underrated Bob Cove. Bobby Covington, the great under completely under the radar Bobby Covington. I I still play in leagues where no one wants to draft this guy. It's amazing and I I still think that's going to that's going to hold up. I think it's going to hold up even this year. This might be the year you start to see people jumping on the Bobby Covington bandwagon. I don't uh, think but, so. But beautiful, beautiful Bob is um, is one of my favorite players to draft. He's the Nick Batum, man. He's he's got the Nick Batum syndrome. There's not enough points, so no one wants him early on. Yeah, he's he's across the board a great roto great roto player. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, a borderline two steal a game guy which which is elite um Yahoo. Throw in, let's throw in the and, and also throw in the block he's a like, he's a two in one guy not a one on one guy i i gotta throw yahoo under the bus always 68.3 dario Saric is getting picked 69.6 robert covington is getting picked that is that is drunk nonsense and uh i that's just that's just absolutely ludicrous. Um, I I I I can't disagree with that any harder. Um, that might be the worst take of this of this young fancy basketball season. Top fifty guy for Bob Cov. Hundred percent. He's a top fifty guy. Nick a Petula lot of people are Bob saying, Cove. "Are you going? Are you going for the old Nick? The old 
or the new? That's what I want to know. That's that's my conundrum so far. Do I go for the um, old? Because he's Nick Batum, I'm going, right? I'm going. I'm going. Robert Covington. See, I'm going Batum just because I like the those big assist numbers. But I, I sure. see where you're coming from. I'm going Robert Covington. It's uh, the steals are even higher. The steals are elite. They're borderline elite. The, the, the Nick Batum, they are they are elite. Steals. He's getting a full block a game. He's hitting a ton of threes, which, um, which you, you, well, he's hitting two threes. But he can, he can go off and hit even, even more than that. He was an incredibly streaky player last year, and actually two years ago too. Um, so that to me is always a little bit worrisome. But if you, if you go look at old, old Bob Covington, let's 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 take a deep dive into Bob Covington because uh, I just I just love this guy so much. Um. A lot of people are like, well, with Embiid and Fultz and everybody else on this team, he's not going to get the ball very much anymore. He's not going to take a bunch of shots. He took, last year, 11 shots a game. Try to tell me he's not going to be able to get 11 to 12 shots a game. And he only took 11 to 12 shots a game because he was shooting so poorly. Um, Here's a, a a take, and, and maybe it's yeah. hot. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's the take I believe in, though. Um, they added JJ Redick. What is JJ Redick? A spot a, up shooter, right? Spot up three point shooter. Okay, so they know that they want to put Simmons at the point, and Marco Fultz is is a little bit the same way. And Marco Fultz wants to get to the basket too, so they're going to use Redick and Covington to space the floor. And to stand behind that three-point line and, and fire away. Bob Cubs a good three-point shooter. I think that Bob Cubs going to be fine in that sense. I think he's going to get some wide-open looks because defenses are going to collapse on Simmons and Fultz. You know, driving to the rack and they have to. And then you got Embiid in there that they've got to worry about. And I think that Redick and Robert Cummings can both be wide open for a lot of threes this year and be pretty good. And, and yeah, I, th- I mean. I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, and that's I, I think what I'm going to say about JJ as well is that these guys are going to be open. Their their job is to be spot up shooters, and, and, and Covington is can be a spot up shooter. Uh, that's a, a role he played quite a bit. He also is able to drive the basket. He, he's a little bit more versatile than you think. Uh, you are right that his assists are are not anything to talk about. They're not great, and his uh, field goal percentage is is low, though he's not a huge volume. It's still uh, something to be um, aware of, especially in a roto league. Uh, but in a lot of leagues where people punt things like field goal percentage, that bumps um, Robert Covington even higher in the rankings. And um, I just, I just don't think you can uh, avoid or, or or look away from a guy who could potentially average two steals a game. So taking him out of the top fifty is a terrible idea. I'm with you. Um, let's go to the the guy we just mentioned, JJ Reddick. Um, a, a, a really kind of um, sneakily good player in years past. Uh, I think he was very underrated for a, a lot of years because he's just not like a, a great name. He doesn't do a ton of things, right? But he's kind of like um, – he, maybe J.J. is the poor man's Bradley Beal I've been looking for uh, to c- compare. I've been looking for a guy who's like a – who used Bradley Beal used to be like a kind of a one-tool pony, but now he's actually really – uh, quite a good fantasy basketball player, but uh, JJ is still that 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 one tool type of guy. But he was always incredibly good at it. He was one of those um, first or one of the earlier point guards to start approaching two, two and a half, three three pointers a game before legitimately everyone was hitting three pointers a game at, at the elite levels of three point making. Last year, JJ kind of took a little bit of a hit. Played um, only twenty eight minutes a game. Which was not ter- not off from the year before that, but you know his his um, shooting percentage suffered a little bit, and um, other than that, though he was still very consistent with his stats. Uh, but he he definitely didn't have as good of a season as, as he did last year in LA, and I think it's because they they were they were running definitely running less plays for him in LA. Um, on Philly, that's a different story though. Guy gets lost in the shuffle a little bit too. I always think he's got a little bit more value than what the the big sites like to put him at. Um, he's going 123rd at Yahoo. That's Love that silly. value. I I think he's a top hundred player. 
He's one hundred percent a top hundred player. I would even say his ceiling is probably in the top eighty. Yeah. So, um, so that's definitely a nice little value pickup for you on Yahoo, and I'm assuming on ESPN because he's the same way. He's usually one of the last picks, and he's probably should be a starter in your standard league. Yeah, really, no one, no one really does respect uh, JJ Redick. Then I kind of understand why, you know, the whole Duke thing, but I think you should respect JJ Redick because he's earned it. He's earned it by um, putting together a lot of really good years out in um, out in LA. And I never thought I'd wax on about JJ Redick like this, but a guy who can approach, I, I think, will approach three threes a game is a guy who should be owned. Period. But he's not terrible at anything else he's he, he's gonna almost give you a, a a steal his assists are incredibly low but you know you're making up for it by a guy who can average 15 some points a game that you could probably get in the eighth round if he's sitting there in the ninth round he's gonna be on my team 100 percent. if he's in their eighth round and i don't have very good threes he's gonna be on my team 100 percent i'm with you so there. I, i'm taking jj reddick uh, some area some groups of projections and people might be down on him, but uh, I'm not. No, I mean, I'm not, like I said, he's I think he's always just kind of criminally underrated, but yeah, if you go out to hashtag basketball and go check out Mark Roberts' projections, who we did have on this show uh, not that long ago, and I suggest you go listen to that one. He has JJ Reddick if you are punting turnovers, which let, let's not punt turnovers. And because that's going to help his uh, his rankings, he's still eighty seventh. Even if you punt turnovers, which is pretty damn good, he's seventy fifth. Let me make sure I'm on the right thing. If you're punting, if you're not punting turnovers, he's seventy fifth. If you're punting turnovers, it's eighty seventh. Yeah, really, not that far off. Um. So yeah, that's that's. I, I think that's an incredibly fair ranking for him. In fact, he has him at 2.7 three-pointers a game, and I, I honestly think he can get over three. I really do. Um, let's let's talk about the rest of this team because there's still a lot of names that need to be brought up here. Um, so I'm, I'm going to let you pick. Wh- which one of the next uh, – one of these next players do you want to talk about? Um, well, we, we talked about Dario Saric for a hot minute. I think he's probably getting a little overdrafted on Yahoo. Um, Mark Roberts did a great job of explaining – why he has him 75th in his projections on that episode you just talked about. And I'm with Mark in that, but at 68 where he's getting picked, I still think that's just a little bit too high. It's definitely a little bit too high. And it's weird. There's two, there's two groups of thought with uh, Dario. There's the one group who saw what he did last year and is like, Oh man, this guy is going to be like Nico Miritich. He's going to be absolutely, but, but, but actually consistent. And there's my pot shot on the Bulls for this episode. Um, he's going to be, you know, a top 50 player. He's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to be awesome with all these guys around him, blah, 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 all this stuff. Look at what he did last year. And he's going to come off the bench. He's going to be on the second team. He's not going to play 30 minutes a game. Um, I, I think his value is going to drop because they were running basically the team around him, and that's why he was playing so well. But then you have this other camp of people, some of the some of these uh, some of the sharps out there, who are looking at it and going, "He's not going to play at all. He's going to be terrible. He's going to be buried. He's he's not valuable. He's not even standardly relevant." And uh, I, I think the truth is is much more in the middle there. I think he's still a top one hundred player. I think they don't have anybody to give the backup minutes at their spots to really, and and on the wing and. I shouldn't say winning for forward. You know, I think he's a combo forward, and I think he's going to play some small forward. He's going to play some power forward, and he's going to get like 27, 28 minutes a night. Yeah, there there are plenty of minutes for him. There's just not starters minutes for him. And at a starter at a starter minute rate, um, I I would definitely be interested in uh, someone like Dario Saric. But man, at at, at bench, at, at, even at a high bench level, he's he, he's still someone I think you have to take at the um, the bottom part of your draft. I mean, maybe. I, I'm looking at him, like I said, I'm looking at him kind of in, in that like 80, 85, 90 range, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm even that high on him because I, I just I don't know what I'm getting at a, at a very limited rate 
of getting him at 24 minutes a game. Uh, but he's still he's still very very capable even at that uh, at the at 24 or 26 minutes a game. And um, and some of these lines, I'm like, he's got the talent, right? Some of these lines he had last year, like 29, seven and five with three three pointers and a and a steal and a uh, two steals and a block, like that's that's a crazy line. But that was in 35 minutes. And here's the beauty of of this: if if Embiid goes down. And I, you got to think that happens at some point. I think that they kind of go small some, and he could easily be seeing like 31, 32 minutes a night at that point. Yeah, I I think we talked about this with um, someone like Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, is that the ceiling is there. And so I, I, prefer to, I prefer to draft in the later half of my drafts towards someone's potential, someone's ceiling, versus um, – you know, someone who's not as great but very consistent. Um, I don't want to reach on every single one of those picks, or not even reach, but I don't want to draft someone in those picks. Every one of them, they all have to pan out right. But in order to win a league, you need to draft someone in that eighth round that ends up being a top 50 player. I like to take, in a standard draft, so 13 spots, I like to take three to five shots on guys I think can take a huge step up. I think that's uh, fair. I, I'm not sure Sarge is a guy who took a huge step up, but he's he's, he's a guy who can be consistently a um, top 100 player. Right. And so, I mean, you don't want to get too many, though. You don't want to have eight or nine guys who, like, I reach for this guy. I have to, He has to be really good. I reach for this guy. He has to be really good. I reach for this guy. He has to be really good. I think that, yeah, okay, maybe you win the league that way, but you also finish in last that way. Yeah, that can really, really, really bite you, and that's actually kind of where why we are so out on Embiid is that you can't, you can't, in my opinion, you cannot win the league in the first round, but you certainly can lose it. And um, taking Joel Embiid in the first round, you're probably going to lose your league. Yeah, and and you need that value, right? You, even if you're a first-round guy, you know, you pick at nine and he ends up at 20. That's still pretty good, right? You got something out of that. It wasn't great value, but you got something out of that. If you pick a guy at nine and he ends up at 55, 60, you're probably losing that league. And if he ends up way below that because he doesn't play, you're definitely losing that league. Oh, certainly. So would you rather have Saric on this team than J.J. Redick in a, in a standard league? In a head-to-head standard league. Well, I mean, at that point in a head-to-head standard league, right, we're we're drafting for what we need. Yeah. And I mean, if I need rebounds, I'm definitely going for Sarge. If I need points and threes, I'm I'm definitely going for Redick. Um, in a vacuum, right, and in one of those me sure only vacuum. In in one of those me only drafts where I'm forgetting what my team looks like. Um, in a pure vacuum, it's tight. Um, I probably have JJ Redick today, but if I see that Sarge is going to play like 27, 28, 29 minutes, I think I'd rather have him. And how I think we see that is probably more that they say, okay, and beats out at the beginning of the season. And then I'm, I'm probably jumping on Sarge a little bit higher than JJ Redick. Yeah. And the fact, and the fact that, uh, we are hearing that, uh, Embiid is probably going to be out for the uh, beginning of the season. Now I am thinking about taking Sarich over, over Reddick, but I think you're right. Even maybe the ninth round, both of those guys are incredibly um, warranted in, in, in picking them in the eighth round, ninth round kind of, kind of area. So I can't believe this fact that Philly's got two guys that are definitely being way overdrafted. We talked about Sarich being a little bit overdrafted, but there's two guys on this list that are way overdrafted in my opinion. And, and and I assume I know who those two guys are. And uh, let's just get a definitive ranking. You're still taking uh, jo- Joel Embiid over Robert Covington. Me? Yeah. Yeah. And the and the you only draft, and I think I am too. Just um, I think it's getting actually getting close. That's when it's starting to get close. But um, yes, but you just gotta, especially in a shallower league, right? Like if it's a a sixteen a twenty team league, I might take Covington because I feel pretty good about getting like 70 games from Covington and at some point right like that at pick 40 that becomes your 
second pick, right? And like if the if it's a twenty team league and you're picking a pick forty, that's your second guy, right? I don't want Joel Embiid to be my second guy on a team. True. I don't either. So he's, he's got to be the probably the fourth guy on my team in, you know, in order for me to actually draft him. But, but in, in, Robert Covington is probably a fourth or probably the fourth a fourth guy too. That's what I mean. But in a shallow league, at that point, like okay, I could up, have right? the best player in fantasy. That's that's a league winner. So and if my fourth pick, I, I definitely want to beat. Um, I don't know. I I think I'm a little. I, I don't know if it's better to do it in a shallow league or, or a deeper league. But uh, we got covered coming in at two. You're putting JJ a little bit over Sarich at three, just a little. Um, I think, it, and these could be flip flops. So they're they're kind of let's just say they're even at three. They're tied at three. Who do you have at fourth? Which one of these overdrafted guys do you have at fourth? Ben Simmons, just because they they're saying he's the point guard, and any team starting point guard, I, I want in a standard league, right? Um, I he's one of the hardest guys to, to project for me. I'll be straight up about that. Um, I don't think he can shoot, but I don't think he's going to try to shoot threes. So he's going to be maybe the only point guard in the league who doesn't shoot threes. That's and that's pretty crazy. And that's also not uh, well. If he if they play him at the four, I guess, but make him run the offense. And so, like, he's going to be a really weird guy because he's probably going to have like some forward eligibility, right? I can't imagine sites are going to give him point guard eligibility. So he's going to be a forward. I mean, Yahoo's got him at small forward, power forward. So he's a forward who's going to get you like four to five assists and no threes and some decent rebounds and not very good points. I mean, like, I just, I don't know. I don't really know what to project here. I, I'm kind of at a loss on him a little bit. Um, I, I agree. He's kind of a hard, hard guy to go with. Um, I'm willing to draft him in a standard league because of his. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm almost to... the upside, the uh, the unknown upside. Okay, so are you willing to draft him at pick fifty three? No, because that's where Yahoo says you got to take him. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is Yahoo got him over Robert Covington. Yes, Robert Covington sixty nine. I'm, I'm embarrassed for everyone here's, who's doing my Here's drafts. guys, Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, Harrison Barnes, D'Angelo Russell, all of these guys below Ben Simmons. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say, if you're if you're doing drafts on Yahoo, you're, you're doing them wrong, apparently, because the statistics pan out that you're taking Ben Simmons as his top 50 player when I think, you know, he could break the top 100, certainly. Uh, but there's things to not like about his game, like the fact that he's not going to hit any threes. Uh, his free throw percentage is bad. But, you know, I, I do like, like you're saying, I, I like the fact that he could be a, re- a weird rebound assist steal guy. And um, to me, that is that is interesting enough to uh, to give him a shot, but certainly not a, a top 50 shot. I don't I think even that, know if I'd take him in the top 100. Here, Here's the thing about that pick, too. That's his absolute ceiling, if you ask me. I don't see any way that he's above pick 53. So why would you pick anyone at their absolute ceiling at pick 50? Yeah, it doesn't make – honestly, and, it doesn't make too much sense to me. And it's not that it's – there's a small variance in this player. Like, I don't know what he is. I mean, I I said that already, right? I don't have no idea what he is. He could be the 100th player. He could be the 120th player. He could be the 50th player. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there is a decent chance, and it's really hard for rookies, and let's just go out there. He's a rookie, um, technically, and so it's really hard for rookies to finish in the top 100. Only a handful of times have we seen rookies finishing in the top 100. Um, there's that fluky year where you had, like, Porzingis and Towns being actually in the top players their rookie seasons. That's, that's incredibly rare. And a lot of people, I think, are thinking, you know, Ben Simmons and Fultz and Lonzo Ball – are going to be one of those rare type of uh, of players who ends up being not just uh, standard league relevant, but like really, really good coming out of the gate. And that's just there's just not a history for that at all, especially from uh, from guards. 
I talked about how I was down on Lonzo Ball in the Lakers episode. I'd rather have Lonzo Ball than Ben Simmons, I think. Wow. I I mean I think I think you're I think I'm with you actually, simply because there's quite a few minutes to go around in Philly. And um and they're gonna run the offense through Lonzo Ball in LA. While it sounds like they're gonna run the offense through Ben Simmons, but you still got Marco Fultz out there needing to do something. And let's let's talk about Marco Fultz. Would you rather have Ben Simmons or Marco Marco Fultz? I remember thinking I'm here now, Ben Simmons, but I'll reserve my right to change that once I see some preseason games and see what the hell they're doing. Because they, they can say anything you want, right? I mean, I can say that Derek Favors is going to be the point guard for Utah. Sure. But, I mean, once we start heard, seeing I've some, actually heard that. Once we start seeing some preseason games, right, like my claim is going to be totally disregarded because you're going to clearly see that Derek Favors does not have the ball in his hands the whole time. Now, if we're watching some preseason and Ben Simmons does, I'll start believing it. If he doesn't, and Mark Fultz has the ball in his hand or somebody else, TJ McConnell, I mean, whoever they're going to play, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, yeah, what it goes down. I'm making my decision between these two guys. I'd actually probably put them incredibly close together. Um, and I'd probably make my decision on them based – on who has the better preseason. And I know that's pretty fickle. Preseason shouldn't matter that much. Uh, but I just don't think I'm taking them outside of I, – I would I would consider it for me reaching for them if I took them in the ninth round. I would take maybe one of them in the ninth round depending on my build and depending on whatever. But uh, tenth round and afterwards is what I'm taking them, and I don't think either one of them are dropping that far. Marco Fultz, 78th in Yahoo. Yep. Exactly. Neither one of them are going to drop that far. So I don't think I'm going to own either one of these guys, especially in in, in a redraft. I'm not going to own either one of these guys. In, in a dynasty, um, I think that's a pretty decent question. In a dynasty league, would you rather have Lonzo, Fultz, or, uh, or Simmons? For me, it's Fultz. Um, I just kind of like the game. I, I like the the attacking the basket and, and a little bit of assist, a little bit of rebound. He's going to be able to shoot some threes. Um, I don't love anybody with a busted jumper. And I think that maybe both Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball have that. So that could be a problem. I mean, that could hurt your ceiling a lot going forward. Yeah. When you're not hitting over two threes a game, um, you're not, you're not going to be a top player. So I think I definitely want Marco Fultz in a long-term keeper situation. You know, I think I think I'm I think I'm going to agree with you. Uh, um, I could see a, a world where Lonzo Ball is that. So if you take Lonzo Ball over Fultz, fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, Fultz is probably my guy as well. Let's. Is there anyone else on this team you want to talk about? Any deep, deeply guys? I think we're, we're setting a record on the the longest we've ever talked about a team, but that's why we saved this for last. Um. If I'm going for a deep league special on this team, um, and I think they got a lot of standard league relevant guys, so it's difficult. Um, this is a, as a very deep league shot, but I think he's going to get minutes eventually, and it is Rashawn Holmes. Interesting. Why do you like and Rashawn? I like Rashawn because he can shoot a three as a big man and block a shot. Okay? So as long as my friend Joel MB gets hurt, and like I said, I think he will, I think my man Rashawn can come in, get some good minutes, score a little bit of points, get some rebounds, block a shot, and hit a three, and that's a sexy thing on a really good percentage. He's he's shot over fifty percent and hit some threes when he's gotten big minutes, and I like that. If you're seeing reports, you know, Joel Embiid not not coming back this this season, and you see Rashawn Holmes sitting out on your waiver wire. Or even even better, let's say let's say before you draft, we hear, you know, and B's not going to play this year, or he's he's not going to play till February or March. Let's so how about that? Um, and you are you going to draft Rashad Holmes in a standard league draft? Because I'm I'm considering it. And it, it depends on who gets the minutes, right? Because I mean, like you need minutes to be valuable in a standard league, and. Joel Okafor is still there. I think Rashawn Holmes is the superior defender and a much better fantasy option. 
And if they say they're giving him the minutes over Jaleel Okafor or they're splitting the minutes down the middle, I- I'm interested in Rashawn Holmes in standard league. Yeah, he, I like his fantasy game. He's a one-on-one type of guy, like you said. He could be a one-one-one type of guy with good rebounds. Uh, the only problem is he the one, uh, throw in another one, a fourth one, because um, that might be his assist. But, That's the I mean, only real issue for me. But if your team's strong in assists, if you've got three or four point guards, do you care? Oh, no. There's a world where I don't care. Actually, there's uh, it all becomes about value, right? Like if he's sitting on my waiver wire, great. That's great value. It's amazing value. Yeah, if he's so, going to be playing 30 minutes a game. I mean, I, I could see myself owning him at some point this year. Let's put it that way, even in a standard league. So, yeah, everybody keep an eye on Richard Holmes in the deeper leagues. Pick him up. Like I would say actually pick him up early. Um, I think he's going to be uh, – because we, we really don't know the health of Joel Embiid. So after that record-setting uh, preview – of your Philadelphia 76ers, um, which was, I think, well-deserved because there is a lot going on there. We are finally to the final team of our NBA season preview. Um, the the Thunder from down under, not the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Phoenix Suns. I never would have guessed this would be our last team. Me neither. I don't know um, how we organized this, but um, it was probably me. I probably organized it after a few drinks. Um, but the Phoenix Suns are, are, are another interesting team for the sake that we don't know what's going on there. There's a lot of young talent. Uh, them and Philly kind of fit the same type of mold, except for I'm just a little bit more interested in what's going on in Philly. Um, what's the most interesting thing going on in Phoenix? Um, most interesting thing for everybody else or for me? For 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 you for the fantasy 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 wise, what, where would you uh, what would you say is the most interesting going thing going on in Phoenix though? Um, the most interesting thing for me is just watching Devin Booker play. I love to watch Devin Booker. I, I he's great, he's amazing, and I think one hundred percent he's going to be overdrafted. Oh, because everyone gets wet for him, and that's what disappoints me. But I love that kid, man. That kid's just a baller. And he's not a great fantasy player in the sense that he doesn't do some of the things you want him to do in fantasy. But put the ball in that dude's hands and watch him shoot and play, and that that dude can ball, man. Yeah, he is a, a true volume scorer, um, just a absolute like just NBA elite scorer. Um, if anyone's ever watched him play, and he's going to be an elite scorer this year too. The issue is is that his counting stats are are, are basically non-existent. He's he's approaching. I guess he could approach a steal a game, but you really don't want a guard to just get less than a steal a game. That's that's nothing to be um, excited about, or just around a steal a game. He's uh, his assists and his rebounds are fine, but he's only hitting two three pointers a game. He is getting to the line a ton, so he's going to give you a lot of volume and, and free throw percentage. Those are his two elite categories, right? Yeah. Points and, and free throw percentage. Those are the two elite ones, and then. Threes are okay, and the assists are all right for him. A shooting guard, I mean, three and a half isn't anything to sneeze about, which is what Mark projected him for. If he can get that, I'm all right with that. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's just not – it fits a head-to-head type of building a team around certain type of categories type of player where he, I think he will be, um, he will be drafted um, fairly represented to what its value is. Based on if you're what what your build is going to be, but in a roto league, he's going to be way overdrafted because he really just doesn't give you enough in the counting stats, and he does hurt you in field goal percentage. Well, and we talked about this uh, in a previous episode. I think when we talked about Minnesota, was he's one of your last shots for twenty points. Mm-hmm. Like the, after you get past him, there's not going to be a lot for twenty points. I mean, um, there's not going to be a lot for fifteen points. Yeah. So. In Yahoo, he's going 43rd, which I, I don't love. I, I think he's a top 50 player, but barely. So, I mean, they kind of got him right right where he belongs, I think. I, I'm, I'm, not, I think I'm not putting him in my top 50. Or I think he's – I mean, I, I have him at about 50. I'll, I'll be straight up about that. Um, if you look at Mark's rankings, there's a few guys I have below the 50 and a few guys I have ahead of him that are just right there below him. And so, I mean, it kind of all washes out to him being right around top 50 for me. 
Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting him terribly below top fifty, but like, I'm just kind of you know looking around uh, what Mark's projections are and uh, some of the guys I'm seeing here. D'Angelo Russell, I think I would rather have D'Angelo Russell, and they're kind of similar players. And I know Devin Booker's going to score way more than D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell's going to um, run a little bit more point, so I, I think his his assists are going to be higher. Um, his threes, I think uh, D'Angelo Russell could take more threes than than Devin Booker as well. So it's it's I, I'd kind of throw them near each other, right? But I still think I want D'Angelo Russell, and that's but that's right on the the cusp of the top 50 right there. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. So I think that Yahoo, he's probably going about around too early. And here's the thing. I don't see a huge leap from him. He's really young, but I mean, he's already scoring like 22 points a game. And with Eric Blitzo there, like, is he going to score any more than that? Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty hard for him to score. Now, if if Blitzo gets hurt, I could see him being taken that up to like 40 or, you know, if he can get 25 points a game, that's some serious value there. But with Blitzo in tow, I mean, I just think he's he's kind of being drafted above his ceiling maybe even or like right at his ceiling and so I'm definitely not going to be on board with picking him. Yeah, you're not you're not getting a uh, you're not getting a value where wherever you draft Evan Booker, you're definitely not going to get a value. Right. Uh, let's let's talk about Eric Blitzo. And I think uh I think we're going to uh, definitely definitely disagree on this based on previous discussions, but um I'm a fan of Eric Blitzo. I like Eric Bledsoe. I understand he does have a um, a history um, with injuries. I right? love to watch Eric Bledsoe. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's a great player to watch too. He um, was one of the original guys uh, years ago where he was suddenly averaging a half a half a block a game as a guard, and you're like, "Whoa, over a half a block a game as a guard? That's insane!" Um, from your point guard who's going to give you six plus assists a game. Uh, now there's a, a few more uh, guys out there who who give you what Eric Bledsoe gives you, right? But it's it's still not a lot. He's still an elite point guard when healthy. Um, he is a 20 point a game scorer, which is fairly rare when it comes to point guards. He's still running the point in Phoenix. He uh, Brandon Knight is out, I believe, for the whole season. Well, and let's not let's let's just forget him, anyways. I mean, he did yeah. not play at all, and he tore his ACL, so he's definitely yeah, out for the year. And said, um, I kind of like Brandon Knight. He was all right. Fastest but, um, drop off for a guy who was like a top what 30, 40 fantasy player, and then was just nothing and wasn't old at all. Yeah, no, he's, he's still, still in his twenties. Incredibly young. He's like not in his prime. Like he's he's incredibly young. Um. But yeah, it's, that's that's a bit of a sad story. But you know, for Eric Bledsoe, that means he's the point guard. Period. Um, he is going to run this team, and hopefully not run himself into the ground. And man, I just I just really like Eric Bledsoe. I think a lot of people are going to be out on him. I think people are un, are going to underdraft him. I think you, if you can get him, you know, late in the third round, that's that's a really great oh. value. That's a great value. Oh, you you getting a little bit of a bargain if you like him there. I mean, he's thirty fifth on Yahoo. Oh no, I like him there because I think that's where he's going, and it sounds like that is where mm-hmm. he is going. But if I'm coming around the bottom, let me just let me just run let me just run the numbers here. Let's go out to the settings. Let's go out to the things. I'm at the bottom of. Second round, and I do not see Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard. Um, I'm probably taking Eric Bledsoe after them. I, I I think I'm taking him before Kimba Walker, but I might take Kimba Walker ahead of him. I think I'm taking him before Kimba Walker, but I'm I'm not taking Isaiah Thomas being out 27 games a, a ahead of Eric Bledsoe. And uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm taking Eric Bledsoe over Mike Connolly too. Not That's Kyle not, Lowry though. I'm taking Kyle Lowry over Eric Bledsoe. That one surprised me. I, I got Mike Connolly over Eric Bledsoe. Um, Thomas is is a guy that isn't. It's not someone we should talk about today, probably. But I've got Thomas way down now. I'm really kind of scared off by that hip injury, and I don't want him anywhere near even my third round. I don't like to draft a guy who's already hurt. So unless I start hearing some good things during the preseason. He's probably in my like fifth or sixth round. 
I'm just yeah, he's taking off. I don't think I would drop him that far down. I, I mostly, would... and it's mostly because I play in roto leagues, so I can hide a guy for 27 games, right? Um, but we, if you if you want to go back and listen to the Cleveland episode, uh, we do talk about the trade right when it happened. So add a, a fresh peppering of oh yeah, he's going to be out for 27 weeks. I saw so, an, a new report too that they that they were saying that January sounds like an early projection. Yeah, which I don't know. I do not know what I do not know what to believe with these with these reports. Right, and and it's a slow news time, so you hear some trash reports. I don't yeah. know what else to call them, like things that just like someone makes up and and says it's fact. Um, but he's definitely a guy I'm watching hard in the preseason right now. And if I'm drafting tomorrow, I'm I'm out. I don't I don't want him because I don't know, especially if it's a redraft league. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't play until January, and that's a lot of games, man. That's not something for me. Yeah, I think that, that's a fair assessment, and and I got Eric Bledsoe way ahead of him now. Um, middle of the second round is probably the highest I'd, I'd ever take him, and it'd be circumstantial. But uh, late first, or sorry, late middle of second round, late second round is probably where I'll end up taking him, and I will risk him falling into the third round on my on my return pick, simply because I I think he will, because I think a lot of people are out on him. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't have him that high, so he's yours. Yeah, he's yeah I, I can't, I can't wait to take him because uh, the guy's a stud. Okay, he really is, especially he in is. If he a, can stay healthy, stud. that could be a good, that could be a good get. I mean, I think it is. Got to stay I, healthy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the fact that he is, he's going to stay healthy. Um, so another player on this team that I believe you've brought up like far too many times. Um, just like you, oh, I can't wait to talk about this guy. I, I miss this. I think about this guy all the time. Uh, Marquis Chris. Why do you like Marquis Chris so much? I do. I like Marquis Chris a lot. You do. Really? For all indications of everything I've ever heard about you and everything you've ever said to me, Marquis Chris is is a guy that you you cannot wait to watch this year. Well, uh, I'll say this. I I honestly don't know that I'll get him much this year, if at all, because. I think he's kind of a trendy sleeper for people. Really, I, I I have not I have not heard any trendy sleeping on uh, Marquise Chris. Okay, so maybe maybe I'm uh, I think you've by... been trendy sleeping uh, and thinking about him when you're dreaming. I believe oh, that. Well, uh, I I will uh, throw out that in a draft I did recently, he went at like pick eighty, and this was a mock draft, not a not a real draft, and I was like. Am I missing something here? Like, does someone know something I don't? Um, Pickett is, is a little too high. If I go to Yahoo, he is being taken 118th. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. I'm all right with that. Uh, I think he's got a shot to be. Seems a little low for me. That's what I mean. I think he's got a shot to be a triple one guy. I, I actually like him as a top 100 player this year. Uh, he's actually another one. guy who'd be a, quad, a quadruple one. The other one being an assist. This. The the rebounds stink, right? But you don't love that from a power forward. But they're not great. They're also not like devastating. Okay, so here's a, a philosophical question. Um, ESPN released their their breakouts, and one of their guys was Julius Randle, and I didn't understand that really because I don't see how Julius Randle has a ton of upward mobility. But who would you rather have, Randle or Chris? Oof, that's a. I think that is that's an excellent question. Um... I like Chris a lot, not as much as you, obviously. But Julius Randle is going to play, I think, a lot more than Marquise Chris. It could be very similar, actually. I don't know. I what don't Luke know, Walton, Chief. I don't know what Luke Walton is doing over there. And we did kind of go through the Luke Lakers Walton, saying, yeah, you know, everybody's going to play thirty minutes. He doesn't give everyone more, anyone more than thirty minutes. So I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him busting on that. I think Larry Nance is going to play some. They got Zubak to play some. They got Brook Lopez to play some. I mean, he's not going to get more than 30 minutes, I don't think. In a nine-category league, a roto league where I care about all the stats, um, I think I'm going to go Chris over Randall. Not by a whole lot, but it's it's that triple one that you're talking about. A block and a steal is incredibly valuable. A block and a steal and a three is even more valuable. And uh, when you look at Randall, sure, Randall – I think has the ability to um, be a double, a very close to a double double type of guy, 
but those are those are the stats that people get excited about, and they shouldn't. Right. And he's got an elite category in rebounds. I mean, that's an elite category for him. Yeah. But I'm it, going Chris. Now. And also the, some weird assist nights from Julius Randle. Some weird yeah. like eight assist nights, ten assist nights. So um, I think he's getting slept on a little bit. I, I think I'll also Marquise Chris. I, I thought he was going a little bit higher. No, I, think you're, I think you are going to own Marquise Chris for sure. Um, what what round do you think you um, – considering he, he will probably fall a little bit, what round do you think you're going to be taking him in? Taking him? I mean, if if it's a me me only draft, I think I'm looking at him at like pick pick ninety probably, um, maybe sure, eighty. Yeah. If, if you see him hanging around, and which I think you will in a lot of drafts, hanging around in in the tenth round, I'd love that to be my last starter. I'd love that's that. A pick. That's a very good pick. Um, do you do you think he is going to be a better fantasy value than another player on this team named T.J. Warren? Well, you tell me where TJ Warren's going. We're going to talk about value. I mean, if Warren's getting picked at 130, I mean, I love some TJ Warren too. I'm a little bit worried that they decide to play Josh Jackson over him a little bit. Yeah, Warren, Warren is at, is being drafted at 130. That's, I mean, that's really surprising to me because I thought he was kind of a, a a name that people knew based on his performance. But I love that as an sure. undervalued pick too. I mean, this is a good points guy. Some rebounds, uh, a steal, a three, good percentages for the most part. Um, I like TJ Warren. He's got to fit your build a little bit when you pick him in the sense that like he's got some categories where he's not great in, but I like him. I mean – If you can tell I, me he's going to be my last player in a standard league, heck yeah. I I think I would, um, I would take him – Right around where Chris is being taken, I, and I'd actually have to try to decide. You know, do I do I really want Chris or do I want TJ Warren? Um, I can see that. I mean, I think he's he's going to be right on that edge of that top one hundred. They're so they're very similar players, and um, I don't know if in, in a roto league, I think I, I might lean, I might lean Warren actually. Uh, they're both one one guys. I think Chris is is a one 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 guy, and I don't think TJ Warren hits a lot of doesn't really hit a lot of threes. He only averaged uh, about a half a three last season. But he shot pretty close to over 50% for the season last year. His free throw isn't as bad as Chris's is. And he never turns never turns the ball over. Mostly because he's shooting, I think. But, um, yeah, I think, I think I would probably lean TJ Warren uh, as of today. Uh, this is one of those guys, I think, uh, teams uh, overall that I think you're going to have to sit down and uh, and watch during the preseason to see what their rotations are going to be like, and and if uh, Chris is getting more minutes than TJ Warren, then maybe my my decision would change. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, sadly, this team really doesn't have a deep league special. I think that you're not interested in Josh Jackson. N- no, I just don't think he's great for fantasy. I mean, you're not interested in Alex Lynn. I think that that and this is what I, where I'm going to get to is I think Glenn Chandler and. Alan Williams kind of split up those center big man minutes. And I mean, you got Dragon Bender to play the power forward too, right? With Marquise Chris. So a lot of names, a lot of bodies. Yeah. I mean, you could even probably slide Bender in a, at center in a weird small lineup that you probably shouldn't run, but like you don't care because you're the Suns and it would be interesting to see at so, the very least. I mean, if Chandler's getting some big minutes, he's always good for rebounds and a decent field goal percentage. I say decent because the number looks hot, but there's never that many attempts, so it's not that good. Um, Alex Len, he's always been a per-minute guy, but if he's getting 20 a game, do you really want him? Yeah, he's only really valuable at like 30-plus, and I don't think he's going to approach 30. I don't think he's going to get 30-plus unless there's some weird injuries on this team. And Alan Williams was kind of interesting. Just a big um, rebound a, guy himself, a, right? At per minute basis, well, even at a per minute basis, I think he he does approach a one and one with 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 elite level rebounds if he's if he's playing starters minutes. Uh, but I don't think I, I think you're right that none of these guys are going to play thirty plus minutes. Well, I, I mean, I think I'm kind of hands off on everybody else on the team unless we see an injury during training camp or yeah, something to really change this situation. I think you just got to keep an eye on those guys and just to see what the situation, um, uh, what, what unfolds. And uh, we will be doing that. We will be doing um, some preseason recaps, uh, just kind of bringing up stuff we're seeing and, 
and uh, any values that might be changing in our in our, on our rankings in our minds uh, by watching the the different rotations. Um, we also have a head-to-head versus roto strategy podcast. And I think we're going to try to bring back uh, a special guest, which if you've been listening, you can probably guess who it was. Um, but this is it. This is it for our NBA preview. We're, we're finally done. Dude, I, I can't believe we got through it. Yeah, all, all 30 teams are out there. If you have any questions uh, about your upcoming draft or if you want to join our hashtag basketball, uh, watching the boxes, amazing reoccurring but possibly settings changing fantasy draft 2017 which is the name of the draft which is the name of the league um if you want to be in that listener league go ahead and uh tweet at us and you can find me at watch the boxes and tyler where can we find you uh you can find me at watsy four 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 that's that's four fours i'll get in one one last plug for everything we do here um, I, I forgot to mention this on the last episode, but I'll say it now. Uh, if you want custom projections, they're Mark's projections, but I do them. It's fine. Um, I'll send them out any categories you want. You want some crazy – you have a crazy roster. You have a crazy auction budget, crazy categories. Shoot it over to me. I'll do you up a nice set of custom rankings, and it'll be a better life for you. Yeah, those custom rankings are um, incredibly beneficial. I think um, – Every time I hear someone talking about those custom rankings that uh, Tyler and Mark do, it's them thanking them, thanking those guys for winning their league because of those custom rankings. So it's free. It's incredibly helpful. Um, and it is, it's really a service because if you're, if you're in a league, what was, I saw a league out there that did free throw percentage, free throw, free throw in three point percentage and field goal attempts, and free throw attempts, and personal fouls. That's Why? crazy. Why? Um, Why is this happening? Uh, ones we get a lot for are, are like free throws and field goals made, which I kind of like in the sense that it rewards guys who can hit the shots um, and doesn't dock you for shooting a terrible percentage. I mean, that's just kind of an interesting way to play to me. Um yeah, it's weird because I, I I don't know if anyone's ever looked into it, but like I feel like field goal percentage represents that because you're still taking the volume versus the the made versus the attempt. Um, so I think it would be. I wonder if someone's ever ran a, uh, you know, are those if someone has field goals made as a category and field goal percentage as a category, I wonder if everyone gets the exact same points in those in those categories. I don't know. Um, we also do custom points rankings too. Like if you do play in a points league, which would not be the way I'd recommend to play fantasy basketball, but if you do, um, I can get you a custom points setting too. Yeah, to, to each their own. Uh, but I've never seen a point setting that um, really reflects how I feel um, th- these guys often rank. And the baseline is is that nine cat league. I know uh, uh, Josh Lloyd over at. Um, the uh, basketball monster who's a, a very good uh, resource he um he really rails against turnovers being a, a category but I, I fully disagree i think turnovers are incredibly important uh they they aren't the end all be all and that's why you can punt them but when you're comparing two players and they have the exact same stats the guy who turns the ball over three more times is the worst pa- player period i mean just is the worst player in that situation so uh, I understand that Westbrook had five turnovers, but uh, he also averaged a triple double, so that uh, that helps um, negate those five turnovers. Yeah, and I mean it's all just in how you like to play. I mean, th- if we're all playing under the same rules, it doesn't really matter. Same at some point, does it? Right? We're having fun. We're trying to figure out. I'm trying to prove that I'm smarter than you by picking the players that are the best value in our league. Yeah. Figuring out what the settings are. I would like to see um, kind of the fantasy basketball community come together and. Kind of rail, kind of rail in or, or rain, rain in is probably the word I'm looking for. Um, some of these crazier leagues. I, I think a lot of the reason fantasy football is so popular and it works is because you only have to do it one time, basically a, a week. So you don't have to really spend the whole week doing it. But also because there's really only a couple ways of playing. 
only two or three ways of playing that a majority of people play. Now, there's a lot of really random, crazy football leagues out there, too, because I think people have gotten bored with the standard way of playing or a PPR league or whatever people play now um, because I stopped playing fantasy basketball after losing to people who don't even pay attention to football. Um, In basketball, I feel like there are too many variations – you got your 11 cats and 15 cats, and I've heard one, some guy who had a five-cat league, and I'm like, that's a, even a, a, another bad idea. Um, and then points leagues that put really random points on really random categories. It's all over the place, and uh, I'd like to see the community kind of come together and go, eight-cat, nine-cat, let's leave it there, maybe – maybe experiment with a tin cat every once in a while and just do, and do categories. And let's, let's stay away from the points leagues. I'm with you, but Hey, if you like to play in points and that's easiest for you to understand, then good on you, man. To each their own. And I'm sure you're going to hear this rant again in a, uh, an episode that's coming up probably very soon when we talk about strategy. So I think that is it for tonight. Tyler, do you have anything else to plug or anything else going on? That's it, man. Beautiful. We're done. And now the now the fun begins. Now we start talking about drafts in the season. This is the best time of year, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, me too, man. So thank you for joining me, Tyler, and uh, everyone else listening. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night, everybody.